This anointed teaching by Apostle David Muluzi is brought to you by God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church. We hope you have an encounter with God as you listen to this I message. I decree and God agrees. I am a soul winner. I am a contagious Christian. I positively influence and encourage everyone around me. I am a disciple maker. God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church influences Bilabela. God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church fulfills a calling for this season. God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church has all the resources to meet the community's needs. We receive God's favor and man's favor. We have compassionate care for the needy. Constant prayer is our lifestyle. We bear much fruit. We are givers. We heartily worship God with our possessions. Christ's redemptive purpose is accomplished in Bilabira. We see a thousand churches established in our lifetime. Bilabira, the Lord God is your God. You belong to God. I say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you that even as we study your word this morning, that you minister to us by your spirit. Lord, I give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for all that you will do and accomplish through your word this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Yes, let me... Uh, say thank you to the pastors and thank you also Muruti Molegwa for the words of encouragement from the paternal. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we want to thank God. Now as I said earlier on uh, that I will be, I, I want to do a series so in all the campuses next week we will be Goha Maboi so it's going to be part two of what I am I'm starting today. And then every campus where we'll be moving, so we'll be doing all of that. Let me take this time to also welcome the people online. Thank you so much for joining us and for being part of this great celebration. And every Saturday evening as we will be doing uh, the celebration. We're in Bila Bila today, dedicating this building. Next week we will be in Hamaboy dedicating a building there and so forth every week so thank you so much for being part of this celebration i trust that you're enjoying the service and i trust that you'll also be joining us in the rest of the uh, celebration hallelujah and can we give them a round of applause the people watching online hallelujah now uh, to this year's celebration it's unlike all other celebrations. And normally we have during our week of celebration, the 20th of February, we have our celebration. But this year, you know, we are doing it in all the campuses that we have either bought a building or built a building that we have not as yet dedicated it unto the Lord. So it's a, a year of dedicating all our buildings to the Lord. So we are starting with Bila Bila today. Hallelujah. Amen. So we thank God uh, for that. Now, if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. And I will start reading from verse 13. Now, our key scripture, uh, or rather our message for this year, our theme for this year is what? Victory. Amen. You know, that it's a year of victory. You know, the whole of January, we looked at the victorious purpose. Amen. So February, uh, tomorrow, we are starting a new series in the morning, uh, the victorious mission. Don't miss that. Hallelujah. So, but we see here that you know, victory is based on Jesus Christ. Amen. We cannot have victory outside of Jesus. Amen? Amen. You know, that, uh, so we will be talking about, you know, victory in Jesus. And uh, that as a Christian, 
God has desired and destined that you be victorious. You know, when God saved you, God saved you not to be a defeated Christian, you know, a Christian who is whipped by the devil, you know, that your testimony is, oh, the devil has hit me on the right, you know, yesterday, today he has hit me on the left, you know, and tomorrow he might be coming, you know, in front, praise the name of the Lord. That will never be your testimony. Hallelujah. You know, our key scripture for this year, remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, but thanks be to God who always gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so God desires that we should be victorious Christian. You know, that wherever you are, it does not matter where you are. It does not matter what is happening. God desire is that you be a victorious Christian. You know, that you experience victory in every part of your life. That you should never ever be defeated. Now, Matthew 16 verse 13 says, Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea, Philippine, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? The Son of Man is. And they said, some say John the Baptist, you know, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, and one of the, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? You know, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven yeah, so can you say this flesh and blood, flesh and blood. Has, not has not revealed this to Peter, to Peter. That, that, that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus is the, Christ. The, son the son of the living God but it is the father, is the father. in heaven who gave Peter the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. So that's what we see here. That the revelation comes from God. That Jesus is the Christ. Now Christ, it's not the same name of Jesus. Are you with me? You know, when you say Jesus Christ, you know, it's not like you're saying David Muluzi. You know, Muluzi is my surname. David is my name. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Yeah. But, uh, and, and, and people did not have surnames during those days. Yeah, it were just names. Now, to differentiate that one from them. You know. <laughs> You know, from one another, they were known as the son of so and so, or by their place, you know, Jesus of Nazareth. You know, which Jesus are you talking uh, about? Jesus of Nazareth, or Jesus, the son of Joseph, you know, or Mary. Magdalene. Magdalene is not a surname. It's a place, Magda. You know, it's a place. So Mary who is coming from Magda. You know, just like I would say, David the Polokwanenian. You, you understand? You know, so they were differentiated, differentiated by either their uh, place, where their origin, where they are coming from, or their parents. You know, or their profession. You know, Joseph the carpenter. Are you with me? They did not have uh, surnames. So Jesus did not have a surname. I'm sorry to disappoint to tell you this, that Jesus did not have a surname. You know, and so he was not known as the Christ. Now when you say Christ, you are saying the anointed one. You know, in Hebrew... We are saying the Messiah. 
the one that Moses prophesied that he would come. The one that David said that he would come. The one that the prophets of old prophesied that they will come. The one that the nation of Israel have been looking for. Yeah, so that is why when Peter said that, okay, uh, they, were, they were responding and said that, others say that you are one of the prophets, others say that you are Elijah, others say that you are, you know, they mentioned all of them. He said, but who do you say that I am? And when Peter stood up and responded and said that you are the Christ, you know, Jesus said that, you know what, there is no flesh and blood that revealed this to you. You, know, you did not learn it by education. There is no person who set you down and taught you that Jesus is the Christ. But he says it's by revelation. It's the fact that God himself, the Father, has revealed this, that you are the Christ. Yeah. And then Jesus says then, upon this rock, I will build my church. Did we read that? Yeah. Says, I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, now which rock? Not on Peter. You know, but on the rock of the revelation that he got. You know, that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah. So on that revelation, Jesus said that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall never prevail against it. You know. And so the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is being built on knowing that he is the Messiah. In knowing that he is the Christ. In knowing that he is the one that God has prophesied that he will come. And that is what is our foundation. You know. So your foundation as a Christian, my foundation as a Christian should never be on any other thing. It should never be on the church's name. It should never be on the pastor's name. It should never be on any other thing. But it should be on the fact that Jesus is the Christ. So that is why when Paul came to the Corinthians, he said that when I came to you, I determined to know nothing. To know nothing except what? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And he says that so that your faith should not be based on human wisdom. You see, when I preach church, when I preach anything, faith will be based on human wisdom. And human wisdom will never give you success. It will never heal your body. It will never deliver you. It will never make you successful. It will never chase any demons. Human wisdom will never do. It can never also chase corona. Yeah. But so he says, I don't want your faith to be based on on human wisdom but he says but that your faith should be based on the power of God you know so what gives us a victory what gives us success it's knowing that Jesus is the Christ you know basing our lives on Jesus Christ. Oh, I've forgotten you people. Please forgive me. You know, uh, uh, base your life on the fact that you, that Jesus is the Christ. Amen? Yeah. So, how do I base my life on the Lord Jesus Christ? And that is where I kick off on this book, which is very much important. If you have your book, you can turn to page one. <laughs> now, uh, the word Christian, uh, it first came from Acts chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. It says, so Barnabas was, uh, went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, for a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. 
So we need to understand ourselves. Remember, Jesus is basing, uh, he said that upon this, the, the revelation that he is the Christ. So that is why we are called Christians. You know, we are called Christians to be based on the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah. So they were first called Christians in Antioch. You see, Jesus started his ministry after he was baptized by John. Remember, he went into uh, the river Jordan and he was baptized. You know, uh, the scriptures are there in page one, you know, uh, by John the Baptist. You know, and then when he came out, what happened? The Holy Spirit came upon him. Remember that? You know, and for 40 days he went into the wilderness, you know, and he fasted uh, day and night. He did not eat anything. And then at the end of 40 days, God came, I mean, Satan came and tempted him. You know, right? I'm, I'm laying the foundation here. You know. So it is only after victory over Satan that he went and started his public ministry. Jesus never did any public ministry up until he passed the test. You know. And he never healed any sick person. He never uh, delivered any person. He never did anything. The only thing that is recorded is when he was 12 years old and his parents left him uh, with the elders and he discussed with them and they were amazed at the things that they said. You know. But he, uh, when he was about 30 years old, he went to be baptized, he went to be tempted, then he went into ministry. You know, and so Jesus' public ministry, you know, we, we see and we know that drew a lot of people. You know, many people came and followed Jesus. Yeah. They were interested in his message and also they were interested in what he was doing. You know, healing their bodies, delivering them, you know, and uh, doing all great things. Uh, people and uh, great things and he cast out many demons you know uh, and, and that's why he drew crowds and they went uh, uh, to him and, and the Bible says that fame went abroad you know across Galilee and beyond you know I'm on page 2 now when you know that and, and, and the scripture is there the reference is there it went everywhere People talking about Jesus, you know, that Jesus is the Christ. He's, we have never seen somebody like this. We have never seen, you know, what he's doing. And they were so much excited. You know, now, you need to understand that people who, uh, uh, during, during the days of Jesus, you know, you have disciples. Now, when we talk about disciples, we are talking about a person, you know, that they would be a leader, you know, maybe who will be teaching something, and there will be people who were following the teachings of that leader. You know, just like the Pharisees had disciples. Are you with me? You know, just like John the Baptist had disciples. So it was a common thing, you know, to, uh, to stand up and to say something and then people now follow you. Yeah. So people who follow Jesus, you know, the large uh, group of them, they follow Jesus because of what they were benefiting from Jesus. Yeah. And then we have others also who received the teaching of Jesus that they felt that God was ministering to them as Jesus was uh, you know, was teaching. So when we talk about disciples, what are we talking about? We're talking about somebody who takes the teaching, the disciplines, and the practice of their leader or their master. You know. So when we say you are a disciple of so-and-so, meaning that you're taking the teaching, you're taking the discipline, and you're also taking the practice of your master. Then you become a disciple. Yeah. So 
We should never call ourselves disciples of Jesus if we are not taking his teachings, if we are not receiving his discipline, and if we are not doing his practice. Are you with me? You know, there was a man who went and, uh, you know, he saw uh, uh, Paul casting out demons. You know, I can do this thing. And then he went, you know, uh, the sons of Sceva, yeah? Remember? You know, so they went to the man who was demonized, who, who had demons. And then uh, they said to him, they said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. So, so what was happening? They, they, they were not, they did not receive the teachings of Jesus themselves. They did not uh, uh, receive the discipline of Jesus themselves. And they did not receive also, they were not practicing what Jesus taught, the practice of Jesus. So the demon said that our, you know, he said, Jesus we know. And Paul, we know that Paul uh, followed the teachings of Jesus. He follows the practices of Jesus. And Paul follows also, he's also doing the practice, you know, the discipline of Jesus. He's disciplined by what Jesus taught. He said, we know that Paul followed all of that. But Luna, who are you? So they came against uh, Paul, I mean against, uh, 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 the demons came against these seven sons of Sceva because they were, not, they were not disciples of Jesus. Are you with me? They were not following Jesus. And so they overcame that and the Bible says that, you know, they went, the men, one man, eh, went to the seven of them, ripped their clothes off, you know, and chased them and they went naked. They ran away naked. So when you see somebody naked running, no worry, there is something chasing that person. Yeah. And so, because, now, why did demons have victory over those people? It's because those people were not following the teaching, the discipline, and the practice of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, if you call out the name of Jesus, but you don't follow the teachings of Jesus. You don't follow the, uh, the discipline of Jesus. And you don't follow the practice of Jesus. The probability is that the name of Jesus will never work for you. So for the name of Jesus to work for you, you have to follow these things. Then you become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Then we can call you a Christian. A Christian because you are a disciple of Christ. You are a Christian. Are you with me, church? And so that's what we see. You know, that a disciple is that you know what we're seeing so one can see this practice in the life of john the baptist in the lives of the pharisees you know in their own lives that this is what is happening this is what was happening so as i say that most people follow jesus out of their own will they were not forced to follow jesus but it is out of their own volition you know because of after they have received the teachings and they saw the miracles of Jesus so they followed Jesus yeah. now uh, among those who follow them there were those who says I want to follow these teachings to the latter yeah. in other words I want to follow I don't want to follow from far there's a song eh? you know we don't you remember the song we don't follow from far you know yeah, so we don't want to follow from far. You know, like some people will say, Pastor, I am behind you. You know, in whatever I am behind. When you look back, they are far behind. They are far behind. They are not anywhere close by. You know, so there are those who were, as, uh, uh, you know, following close to Jesus. Yeah, and then those, it's who we call 
disciples. You know, they were following the discipline of Jesus. They were following the teachings of Jesus. They were following the practice of Jesus. And that is why Jesus could send them out and say, as you saw me doing this, you go and do the same. You know, cast out demons, heal the sick, you know, uh, clothe the naked, do all of that. You know, he says, as you saw, because they, they were, you know, they were practicing what they saw Jesus practice. So those were disciples. So how do we qualify a disciple? He must have three things. Eh? If, if you are having a book, underline those things because those are important. You can underline, circle it. Circle it because that's important. You know, the teaching, the discipline, and the practice. Yeah. So when they come to that level, they become what we call the understudies. They were understudies of Jesus. You know, understudying meaning that you know I am studying what this person is doing. You know what this person is doing. I am I am following. You know I am studying as I see him do it. I do that. Paul says that follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. So uh, Christianity is not only about joining a church. Christianity is not only about coming to a church service. Christianity is about those three things. Turn to your neighbor and say, Christianity is about the three things. And tell your neighbor what are those things. Did you, did you get it right? Did your neighbor get it right? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so, so then Jesus, you know, uh, had understudies. Yeah. He handpicked the 12. Yeah. And then he said that, I want you to follow me close. Leave what you are doing. You are a fisherman. That's your profession. Leave it and follow me. You are a tax collector. That's your profession. Leave it and follow me. You know, you are a Levite. You serve at the temple. You know, leave it and follow me. You know, you are what? No, Luke, Luke was not part of the, the 12. You know, uh, but oh, whatever they were doing, they left to follow Jesus. Yeah. So thou, they were now disciples of Jesus. Now, uh, what is this saying to us? This is saying to us that, you know, to be a disciple of Jesus, I need to fall, I need to leave, you know, not necessarily my job, but the things that I was trusting. And I must trust Jesus. Just think about these people that, you know, you're a fisherman, you leave your business. You know, how are you going to feed your family? You know, what's going to happen? Are you with me? You know, but they were doing that to follow Jesus, to come close to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to do what you're doing. You know, so after Jesus prayed, you know, he, laid, he chose them and laid his hands upon them and you know, they started following Jesus. And we know that Jesus died and he rose, you know, from the dead. And he went to heaven. Yeah. Now, before he left, you know, he then, you know, had to, he had people that were following him close. In Acts chapter 1, we are told that there were about 120 disciples of Jesus. They were never called Christians at that time, you know, but they were disciples, 120 of them, disciples in the upper room. Yeah. Is that in the Bible, eh? Yeah. And so, uh, who are these people? These people were following their what? Their teachings, 
you know, the discipline and the practice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. So they were following uh, those things. Yeah. Now, uh, because they were following that, they were willing. I mean, Jesus was crucified. You know, they were willing to identify themselves with the person who were rejected in the temple, the person who was rejected in the temple, the person who was hated by the religious leaders. They were willing to identify themselves with them. You know, so, because they were committed to the mission, they were committed to the vision of Jesus, and those were disciples of Jesus. And so, brethren, you know, even in this uh, celebration, I want us to understand that what will get us to heaven is not that we are attending church. It's not that our names are written in church uh, documents. But what will get us to heaven is when we follow the teachings of Jesus. It's when we do and accept the discipline of Jesus. And it's when we practice the practices of Jesus. This is what will get us to heaven. You know, if we are not doing those three things, we are just deceiving ourselves. Yeah. And so, my, my encouragement to all of us even as we are in this celebration, is can we follow Jesus? Yes. You know, and we don't want to be nominal Christians. You know, I talk about it maybe later on. We will. Uh, is there in the book? You know, we don't want to be uh, nominal uh, Christians. Christians by names. You know that I am a Christian because you know maybe I'm not a Hindu or I'm not a, a Buddhist. You know, or I'm not a Muslim. You know, and uh, then I am a Christian. We, we, that is not what makes us Christians. You know, but to be a real Christian is to follow the teachings, the discipline, and the practice of Jesus. You know, so uh, that, is, that is what Jesus is building his church upon. You know, he's not building his church on any other thing. He's building his... The revelation is that he is the Christ. So, if he is the Christ, then I need to follow his teachings. I need to follow his discipline. I need to follow also his practices. Yeah. That's what Jesus... And, and so, when I do that, God, God sees me as a Christian. You know, who identifies me as a Christian is God. God says that this is a Christian. And so when you use the name of Jesus, you have a right to use that name. And that name will work for you. You will say, you foul demon, get out of here. He will get out because you are following the teachings, the practice, and the discipline of Jesus Christ. The name will work for you. You know, when it, uh, they say, oh, this sickness is in, uh, incurable, you know, you will say, in the name of Jesus, I am a disciple of Jesus, I am a child of God, I am a child of Jesus, I follow Jesus, and so in the name uh, that of Jesus, uh, this sickness will be cured. I will be healed from this sickness, and it will happen. And so there is no way that you can follow the teachings of Jesus, the discipline of Jesus, and the practice of Jesus and hate your brother. There is no way. If I follow the teachings of Jesus, I will love my neighbor as I love myself. I will walk in love. I will walk in forgiveness. I will embrace other Christians. I will enjoy fellowshipping with other Christians. I will live right for God because I fear him. I follow and I accept his discipline. I won't say that, you know, uh, I am now in Bilabila. I come here in Bilabila. Pastor Luisa is away. And then I get myself a mistress. No. 
I won't be following the practice and the discipline of Jesus. And so when I do that, I follow. You know, I have a mistress, and then I come, some, you say, and I say, in the name of Jesus. In my name of Jesus, I say, what about the mistress? <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah, what about the mistress? Yeah, and so uh, it will never work. So, when I talk about the teachings, I follow what Jesus teaches, what he taught, and what he still teaches. That's what I follow. Then I am a disciple of Jesus. Then the power of God will work in my life. When Jesus says that, I should not do this, I won't do it, not because I fear people, but because I fear God. The fear of God is part of my life. I will respect people. I will live right with people. You know, why? Because I have the fear of the Lord. And that is what Jesus will build his church upon. And so he left the 120 disciples. And all of us today, we are being added to that group. You know, they remain faithful even amid the danger of death. They saw themselves as one family that belonged to their master. Yeah. And so that is why we cannot, we, we, we cannot say that I'm a Christian and I cut myself from the family. Yeah. Are you following the same Jesus? Yeah. I cannot call myself a Christian. I cannot come up here and say, and you know, pastors are doing great work in the area, and say, and I want to be alone, and I don't want to work with them. I, they cannot work. They are as, a, a ch- children of God as much as I am a child of God. Are you with me? So we are all a family. And in God's tabernacle, we are all a family. You know, thank God we're coming from different campuses, different areas, but we are all a family. We are helping one another. Why? Because we're a family. We must treat each other and one another as family members. So don't easily take offense or don't easily, uh, you know, want to bull over other people. Don't do that. Because we are a family. We live together. We work together. We are together in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so, we see that, you know, uh, we are a family. We belong to the same master. So, it's important to note uh, that the unifying group the unifying factor in the whole group of believers was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the unifying factor. They were together and willing to die for the cause because of their belief in Jesus Christ. They chose Jesus' replacement. You know, how did they, you know, Judas, that is, uh, Judas, remember, he denied uh, Jesus. He, you know, uh, he sold Jesus out and, and from there he hanged himself. Remember that? You know, and so they had to repl- replace him. Now, what criterion, criteri- criterion did they use when they replaced Jesus? They said that we need a person that, uh, t- that has been with us, you know, has been with Jesus from the beginning. So it was a person, you know, from the beginning that had to be there. In other words, they had to choose somebody. They did not say, oh, we'll go out and say, you're good looking. Please come and be part of us. No, they had to choose somebody who, had, who has been there from the beginning. So that is important. Now, why did they have to choose somebody who has been there from the beginning? It's because that person, they know that if really are from the beginning, 
He never gave up. It means that he believes in the teachings of Jesus. You know, and he do takes the practice of Jesus and also the discipline of Jesus. You see, when we give ourselves uh, difficulties, it's because we are not following these three things. And so, my challenge to you today is that you need to check yourself. Where am I standing as a disciple of Jesus? Where am I standing? And you know, Jesus is so merciful and so loving that even when we fail, he will come and help us. As long as we are saying, you know, go like you are, go well, go Jesus. Go well, anyway, go Jesus. And Jesus will help you. Yeah. And so, as I conclude, the conduct and the practice of the initial 120 believers and all subsequent believers subsequent meaning those who followed after this group you know who were touched and influenced by the, uh, the gospel so the conduct and the practice set a precedent so when we say it set a precedent in other words it's a standard ki ruler ki ruler you know, we were somebody, we were somewhere, you know, somebody said that, oh, you know, next week I'll be talking about uh, the books of the Bible. You know, but we were somewhere and somebody said that, you know, why do we only accept the 66 books of the Bible? You know, why, do, why, why you know, there are other bi uh, uh, books that we should uh, uh, take and receive. Look here, as long as you don't take hurry, this is the manual and the book that God has given us to learn the teachings, you will be open to many other teachings. You'll be open. You won't be following the teachings of Jesus. And so what Jesus taught is a standard. We cannot have any other standard except what Jesus taught. Are you following? So I'll be talking about that more next week. You know, uh, that is chapter 2. You know, so I know chapter one, you know. So, but today I'm just doing the introduction. So, in chapter one, I talk about that. So, I'll be talking about that. So, it's, it's a standard. Kirula, you know, Hore, Iba, Iba straight, Iba straight. Yeah. During the week, we were, uh, we were painting this white stuff. You can see who writes on my show again. A line is straight. Pastor Luisa doesn't believe that, but it's straight. <laughs> <laughs> I brought a water bus. You know water bus? I brought a water bus. It's straight. You trust me. I brought a water bus. Raibea water bus. This is the level. Raibea so. This is the level. You know, it was our ruler, it was a standard. You know, had we not had that standard, I mean, do you give it some also? And so, when we don't have Jesus as the standard, when we don't have what is written, what is in the Bible as the standard, our lives do some also. Yeah, do about crooked. Eh? It's our yardstick. Yeah. But it's our yardstick. Pastor Dikor, it's our yastik. It's our yastik. Ki yastik yarona. Kore, jarate akahore, ebu yakai. Ki uja yastik. Umeja rekayona. And so that is very much important. So we cannot move out of the the, the, what Jesus put. So what the disciples practice is what we need to be practicing. So that is why I wrote the New Testament believer. Yeah. That our yastik is what we read in the New Testament. I will explain more. Even, or you can, uh, if you can't wait for the whole celebration, you can you know, get your book and read it and 
you know but you will get more understanding as i preach because you understand you know what is happening yeah so the first believers and the rest of believers that came after them should be unified by jesus christ so today we should be unified by jesus christ so christians you know it is not perchance that believers are called christians it's not by mistake that we are called christians christians are believers in jesus christ whose main purpose you need to underline whose main purpose is to promote the teachings and practices of the lord jesus christ So this book, in a small way, it's attempting to draw believers to their central calling. And that is to promote the teachings and practices of Christ. And it will do so. I give you the bulletins, bullets uh, that I have uh, put in. Go page five. You know, how will this, so I, I, I'm outlining what this book is all about. You know, right here. What is the central message of this book? So, how are we going to uh, do that? You know, to promote the practices and the, the teachings and the practices of Jesus. So, this book uh, does this by first showing that the Old Testament predicted and prophesied the first advent. Advent means coming. The first coming of the Lord Jesus when Jesus was born here. So the Old Testament predicted, uh, the Old Testament predictions and prophecies in words and also in actions were a shadow of a new of the New Testament. They were a shadow. So when you understand, you read your Bible and you understand oh, by the way. The Old Testament, the predictions and the prophecies in the Old Testament, either by words or by practice, they were a shadow of the New Testament. It will help you. Yeah. Second is by demonstrating how the New Testament brings out the reality of Jesus. You know, that the Old Testament cast as a shadow. Hurry. The Old Testament, we see a shadow. The New Testament is the reality of Jesus. Third, it's by revealing how the cross forms a filter between the Old and the New Testament. Now that there are things that were in the Old Testament, every one of them, they went through a filter. You see, like, when I was growing up, uh, we didn't have tea bags. Right? You know, but we had a strain. Strain, kisefe. Yeah, sefe. So, uh, the tree that had leaves, you would pour it on the strain. And what will happen? The leaves, will, I mean, the leaves will remain on top. You know, but it's only the liquid that will filter through, go down. So, the, the filter separates one from the other. So, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will explain as we continue. What do I mean by the cross of the Lord Jesus, which is in the book. So, uh, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ is what filters. You see, before Jesus died, everything was still under the Old Testament. Yeah. And so, and Jesus was now introducing the filter. And when he died... So what came through uh, out from the other side of the field, from the other side of the cross, is what we need to live our lives on. So some things in the Old Testament never went through. They never, they remain in the Old Testament. Yeah. Like the temple, you know, and uh, all of those uh, physical, they remain in the Old Testament. We never see them in the New Testament. Amen. Yeah. And there are some things that went through into the New Testament. And then 
when they went through the New Testament, they were amplified. They were expanded. You know, New Testament expands on them. For instance, praise and worship. You know, it was there in the Old Testament. It went through the filter. You know, in the New Testament, it is amplified. Are you with me? Yeah. And so, uh, some things, and then some things are changed. When, when, when they go through the, uh, uh, the cross, they are changed. Like circumcision. Circumcision is the Old Testament thing. But when it came through the cross, it changes. It's no longer a circumcision of the body, but it's a circumcision of the heart. It changes. So when you're living your life in the fact that, am I still circumcising the physical? You are still stuck in the Old Testament. You know, and what dad wanted, uh, it's what we find in the New Testament, is the circumcision of the heart. The changing of the heart. Yeah. So, uh, that's num uh, point number three. A filter. And point, uh, 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 we will do promote and and teach the practice of Jesus forth by uh, believers in Jesus Christ are to live their lives informed by the New Testament. So we live our lives based on the New Testament. You know. And then lastly, uh, this book will do by showing us that the use of material things, you know, the physical things, material things that were used in the Bible, except they only two, there is only two exceptions. With the exception of the, what we call the sacraments, the two sacraments, which is water baptism and holy communion. So in the New Testament, those are the only two physical things that the New Testament will do, that we see in the New Testament. We don't see any other physical material that is used. You know? And so, uh, the physical material, you know, the use of the physical material, as I say here, it's not a normative practice for, you know, that a New Testament believer should observe. A normative practice meaning that uh, it's not uh, what God says you need to do this except those two things that God says we need to do and that is uh, the water baptism and also holy communion yeah. and I also touch on oil anointing oil it's a whole chapter on that you know that we will that we will uh, discuss and look at what is the Bible saying about the anointing one. What is the Bible teaches in the New Testament? So I give you history from the Old Testament. You know what has been happening. You know and what happens in the New Testament. All scriptures. You know I quote. You know and talk about them. And so that is what I want us to understand as Christians. Yeah, and that is. What I believe God really instructed me to write this book, you know, so that I can teach uh, this truth. You know, let me read to you a portion of what Pastor Theo said about this book. He says the last paragraph, go page uh, Roman number nine says, this book will definitely inform you, encourage you, and greatly strengthen your faith. It is a must. It's a must-have for everyone's personal library. You know, that I want, I want you to understand. You know, to bring you into understanding. So my desire is that every one of you should have this because this is important. It explains. It does not replace the Bible. Please. Never, I, I'm not saying that. It can never replace the Bible. You know, but it's expanding on the things that the Bible is talking about. So my desire is that every member of the church you know, should have this. Not because as your pastor I've written it, but because of the truth that it carries. 
you know and so uh, that's my desire and that you should see and learn what is God saying you know and understand what is the that you would be a knowledgeable Christian you will not be an ignorant Christian amen that we would be knowledgeable in everything that we do you see if if it was possible to give it free of charge I would do but it has cost us money to produce it and as you see you know I will try so I my page actually you know this is a proper thing because I want it to last you for a long time you know here Yeah, you know, and also the writings are fine. It has all the you know, the footnotes, the reference, the things. I I give reference at the end. I give a bibliography on all the things that are quoted, all the books that are quoted. They are there. Page one, two, three. Uh, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven pages on just reference the books that I've quoted. You can go. You can go to those books and read it. Read them yourself. It's diligence. It's, it's scholarly. So, Rauri, how can you go to the university Doctor I studied so that you will be able to know and have understanding. And so I don't want to keep this knowledge to myself. I am passing it on to you. Hallelujah. And so, uh, yeah, such things, they don't come by you know, laying your hands, receive, receive, receive. Oh, don't come by that. <laughs> Somebody said, I receive. It does not come by, I receive. You know, I know. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so, uh, that's what I want to share with you. I've just dealt with you on the introduction. You know, just the introduction of the book. You know, so I will be somewhere. I don't know. Table somewhere. When you get your book, I can autograph it, write something, sign it uh, for you. So I will do that when you go for, for, for on the stage. It will be on the stage after lunch. Okay. So I'm going to eat quickly so that when you finish, you will find me here. That is, if, if you don't want my signal, no problem. You know, so I'm just saying if you love to, I would, I would love to autograph it. So after lunch, I will be here. You know, so you would have had enough time to get yourself a copy. It's 150. Uh, it's a special price. Eh? Yes, it's 150. It's a celebration. So it's a celebration, celebration price. Hallelujah. Yeah, yes, we can thank God for that. You know, and uh, Muruti Makadu said to me that I am getting books. I'm getting books, you know, besides who attend a celebration. He said, I'm getting books and I am going to sell. And he says, Muruti, if there are people around Pretoria, you know, I will take more so that they can basketball swinger, you know, then I will, you know. So, so, uh, uh, and also Pastor Rapolo said that, you know, that he is, he wants to get copies. Yeah, send me. I want to get my own copy. I want to, you know, get copies and make it available to brethren. And so we are grateful and we are thankful for Muruti. I give it a postdoc Wednesday night. Hey, Muruti Mpatela. Thursday morning, he was already on phone. Muruti, I'm getting a box. 
And he has been posting on Facebook with people, you know, uh, here is the book of my father. Yeah. <laughs> here, I think now the box must be sold out, you know, wherever he is. So, uh, that's that. Did you enjoy the word? Praise God. So, we are, we are grateful to God. You know, we are thankful to God. So after the celebration, it will go back to 170, uh, the price. So this is just the celebration price. Hallelujah. Can we close our eyes as we pray? Father, we thank you right now for your truth. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, mighty God, that God, even as, Lord, we have shared your word about being a disciple of Jesus Christ, that you will help us, Lord, Lord, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that your grace would rest upon us, that we will do Thank you for joining us during this episode. Join us next time, even as we continue to learn and grow with Apostle David Muluzi. Also, visit our website for more at cfcpolokwane.com. God richly bless you.